When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. Recording probably a little bit sooner than we anticipated. Thought we were going to hop on here later in the week and talk about the season as a whole and how we feel about this Packers team. And instead, we got some breaking news today. The Packers parting ways with Joe Barry. He is not returning in the defensive coordinator capacity. So, Perry, it's what we all wanted. But now we have the tall task of figuring out who the next defensive coordinator is going to be. Yeah, it's it's wild because this is the outcome that I and many Packers fans and many of those around the league hoped for expected to happen and then when it happens and you realize someone loses their job and you're like well that's not nice so I'm not out here celebrating or taking laps and being correct there are no takes um it's unfortunate you never want to hire someone and then hope that you fire them so This is not a celebration. However, from a business standpoint, it, of course, makes the most sense that the Packers moved on from Joe Barry after this season. Um, We did figure out that it was a bit of a rumor that his contract was up. So this wasn't necessarily a mutual parting of ways, so to Mm -hmm. speak. This was a firing. Um, Matt Fleur did have to put his big boy pants on and fire (laughs) Joe, which, quite frankly, like, it does change. It did change things to find that out. Um, I, I actually felt less confident that the Packers were going to make this move when I heard that. So I'm proud of the Packers for making this decision because um, it has not always been the case that they make the hard choice when it comes to moving on from coaches, from players, when it's clear from the outside that it is time to move on. Sometimes they wait a little bit too long. So um, this is the right decision. It is three years on the body of work of a coach that I has not had a defense above 20th um, in DVOA. (laughs) So, you know, he didn't get the job done. And now, you know, if you listen to Maggie and my, episode from earlier this week, you know, we both wholeheartedly agree that this offense is at the point where they can begin competing for a Super Bowl in 2024. So now the defense has to catch up and it starts with the coordinator. And I think, you know, hindsight being 2020, obviously, but all of us expecting that the Joe Barry contract was just ending. We didn't hear any of that about Stenovich, right? Like if, if his coordinator was up, you would think that like, Stenovich would be in talks of having an extension. There would have been something kind of, you know, written into those contracts as well. And I know Stenovich is a little bit different because Nathaniel Hackett left, but still, like, we didn't hear anything about any of the other coordinator spots or any any contracts that were kind of coming up. So 
this, you know, I agree with you. It was a surprise to hear that it actually was a firing and not like a mutual decision, but still kind of unclear. You know, I know there was speculation that Joe Barry might come back in some capacity, whether that be like an assistant. So we don't have any of those details yet, obviously, but we'll see what happens. All we know at this point is that he is no longer the Packers defensive coordinator. Um, Tom Silverstein made it seem earlier that they weren't sure yet, you know, if any of the position coaches were going to change. I would imagine that's something that the new defensive coordinator will have some say in as well. So wouldn't expect yeah. any of those immediate decisions to happen unless Matt LaFleur is just, you know, so dissatisfied with some results that he would make the change before. Perry, there's a lot of really interesting candidates this year. And it maybe, you know, potentially that plays into Matt LaFleur's decision. Some people that he's worked with closely, some just really Big names, obviously, we'll talk about all of them from the Bill Belichick aspirations that some people seem to have um, all the way down to some of these smaller assistant coaches that are, you know, making waves around the league. So did you have any immediate impressions on anyone that you would be, you know, particularly intrigued by or are you just waiting to see what happens? I have a few names that I'm definitely more intrigued by some because they're names that have been tied to the Packers in the past. Some because I just think they'd be really nice fits. Some because they're just, you know, galaxy brain will never happen, (laughs) but I would love it. So there's a mix. Um, I def, I know you have a list, so we, we can start going down them. Um, Ijiro Evero is probably top of the list for me, mainly for, for a number of reasons. One, because I know that they brought him in, you know, last time they were doing this search. So you know that there's interest there. Um, and two, because he coached a great defense in Carolina. Um, obviously, the opposite side of the ball didn't look great. So <laughs> you have a good defense and and it's not followed up with, a good offense, you, you know, it's kind of wasted. Um, the nickname, you know, the fighting Everose is <laughs> probably a good indication that how they feel about their DC, but, you know, does he want to make a lateral move, you know, to another defensive coordinator position is a question mark for me. Um, do you want to go from a losing franchise to a winning franchise? Possibly. Um Matt LaFleur had a lot of really, really, really positive things to say when the Packers went down to Carolina. Um, so he's kind of who I have my eye on. Again, there are, you're going to go through our, the list. Um, but if I had to choose one, that's probably who I have my eye on the most. Um, but I am sure that Packers are going to choose someone super out of left field and we're all going to be surprised about it. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think the the Evero thing is really interesting, too, because, you know, right now he's obviously under contract, but he's interviewing for head coaching positions. He's right in the mix of moving to the Atlanta Falcons, which what a fun secondary to get to work with, knowing that, you know, his kind of background is coaching safeties. That's what he did with the Rams when that time overlapped with the floor there. So we'll see. Yes, you mentioned it. He was one of the D.C. candidates in 2021 before uh, LaFleur went with Barry. So That's, you know, a lot of, I think, who makes up this list is, I don't know if they would still even be interested in the job, but there's quite a few names here that have interviewed with the Packers previously. Um, Talking again also about Jim Leonard. I know that's a name that a lot of Packer fans have on their radar. He was offered the job before Joe Barry in 2021, but declined it to stay with Wisconsin. He is now the senior football analyst at Illinois. So 
kind of a demotion, I guess, as far as position going from the interim head coach in Wisconsin. But he was the defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach in Wisconsin for a while and obviously played safety in the NFL for 10 seasons, which is still kind of bananas if you think about it. He's like 5'8". Like he was just not the the prototypical athlete as far as his build, but a really good football mind. So I can see why he's enticing to Packer fans and NFL fans because he has a really good defensive minded brain even if he didn't necessarily have the size to play in the NFL. I don't know about you, but I am really skeptical about coaches who make the jump from college to the NFL. I don't know how I would feel about it. The track record isn't great. So if I'm thinking like, I want this, I want this side of the ball to like match the offense. We're thinking windows open championship, hiring a college coach. As a guinea pig experiment, first time in the NFL, I don't love it. So I thought this was really interesting. I don't know if you listened to Lock on Packers, Locked on Packers this morning, but Peter Bukowski, among many other you know analysts as well, did an emergency pod talking about this. And one of the things he actually had had mentioned his personal opinion and agree or disagree. You know that's what we're here for. But he had said that he actually thinks that some of the defensive creativity is actually in the college game. It seems like college defenses have kind of figured out better solutions for things like spread offenses than we're seeing at the pro level. And I thought that was just like a really interesting take. He he mentioned a couple names um, like the DC at Alabama or just like, you know, I don't know if that would even be anyone on Matt LaFleur's radar, but I thought it was interesting to hear him say like, hey, there are some, you know, maybe maybe the college game is evolving a little quicker than the NFL, which makes sense, right? Because the NFL has got a lot of old heads, just like it has, yeah. you know, coaching trees and hierarchies that, you know, that is, maybe they don't evolve as quickly. Counter, that's the counter argument for sure. Yeah, I do. I can see it. I, uh, I definitely am here for a non old head. Um, unless a young know, head, if you will. Yes. The young head, unless of course, <laughs> Bill Belichick, you know, wants to retire with the most storied franchise in the NFL and not be so unbelievably stressed out as a head coach and just wants to chill out as a coordinator and be in a small media market like Green Bay and not have to deal with the stressors of a one New York or Atlanta. Yeah, I... He would be fun, right? I mean, I have a, a list of, like, actual candidates, and then I have, like, the these are notable, but I just, I doubt it happens. And he unfortunately tops the list of, boy, that would sure be fun, but that seems really unlikely. Um, and there's some names here, obviously, like Vic Fangio coming out today, right? Um, parting ways with the Dolphins. Seems like he's going directly to the Eagles. Yeah. Um, so, you know, cross that one off. I know Packers fans are really in their feels about it for like five minutes until it was announced that he was... Look, we just talked about it and we made the joke about no more old heads, but like we've tried the Vic Fangio style and it didn't work. I agree. And, and I and I think like I think it was Zach Cruz who had a, a really great statistical breakdown of the Vic Fangio style coaching tree and where those defenses stacked up this season in terms of DVOA. And all of them were in the bottom half of the league. Yep. So to your point um, and Peter's point about evolving with new offenses and getting that, 
you know, new age of, you know, coaching and being able to combat some of the new offenses don't go backwards. Right. And you, to your point, it's a moot point because he's already announced that he's going to the Eagles, but you don't want to go backwards. You, you want someone who's thinking ahead about how to stop some of these high flying offenses like the Packers offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw, um, I don't know if I, I don't remember who it was. It might've been Peter again, but somebody had said that what they were hearing from league sources was that, you know, the rumor or the thought is that the Packers should target someone that is very secondary minded in how they approach the defense, because you've got the talent in the front to just be like, sick them, go do the thing. Like, I don't think they really need someone to come in and like coach up their front, but they could really use someone that would come in and utilize not only all the secondary talent that's there, but assuming it's a position they're going to look at in the draft, obviously we know they need a safety or in free agency, they've got a little money to spend. So that's kind of where my thought process has been as well. Like go out and get someone who is just going to completely capitalize on the production you have in your secondary. And I think that's why Evero is such a desirable candidate is because he was a safeties coach and he played safety. So a lot of these guys on the list actually are secondary coaches. So I'm curious. I have someone else in mind who I would love and I know Packers fans would love as well. Who would be the top of your list? I know exactly who you're going to say, but mine's McQuan Manuel, who's the Jets DBs and safeties coach, obviously worked under Robert Sala. He also worked with Pete Carroll, uh, won the Super Bowl as part of that roster. Um, he's worked with Dan Quinn for a little bit. He was in Atlanta and his timing actually overlaps when Matt LaFleur was there um, as the quarterback's coach. Played he safe in the room with Pete Carroll? He they he was on the Super Bowl winning team, so should have been. Yeah, they overlapped a little bit there. Um, wow. But he, as part of a Jets defense that finished second in opposing passer rating each of the last two seasons, and I know that he just I I just like him from a coaching tree standpoint. We're talking about getting young. He's got experience, like we said with old head Pete Carroll but Dan Quinn under there Robert Sala Doug Peterson a little bit he was with the Eagles for one season so I just think he's an intriguing name I don't know if you know he could be swayed to leave Sala but we always joked about Robert Sala getting fired and then poaching him from the Jets so why not just take his uh safeties coach and his DB's coach and see uh see what he can do for that secondary it's a really good resume those are some really awesome secondaries who also had a lot of success like Full push suit. I mean, Super Bowl secondaries. So I like it. That's fun to watch. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to hit up the, the brother-in-law. Hear his thoughts. On him. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, does your uh, your coach happen to work for the Dallas Cowboys? He does. He also <laughs> happens to be a DB's coach. He also happens to be a former DB. Um, I mean, it's not look like. Getting Al Harris is, I don't know where he is in terms of his development as a defensive coordinator, right? And it's the same with, I think, your choice. There's a, there are steps to coordinating an entire defense, right? You can be an awesome DBs coach. You can even be an awesome, like, passing coordinator, right? But to be a defensive coordinator, to have a scheme and approach like that next step, 
obviously would be something the Packers would need to vet in an interview process, but the Packers took advantage of their defense naturally, but the Cowboys have had a ball hawking, incredible secondary for a number of seasons now under Al Harris. And I know Packers fans know he knows the game inside and out. And I can imagine that coming home would be a very attractive opportunity for him. And let's not pretend that moving to Green Bay, Wisconsin is not potentially a barrier to entry for this job. <laughs> you know, we can say like this is a very attractive job opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let's also like put that out there really quick. This is a wide window, a ascending offense, a stable head coach, a stable GM, a very like very attractive all around job opportunity other than apologies all, you are not moving to a big market, right? You are uprooting your family to move to a small market place. Um, And that has always been like you are making that choice. But for an Al Harris, you're coming home a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is that takes away that but I don't know if Al Harris is there in his development as a coach yet. That is my only question. Yeah, really, we need to have Peter on because I don't want to keep referencing Locked On, but he had said the same thing. And I think it's a really true point is that Al Harris has even been interviewed and basically said, like, my job is to get the most out of my players. I don't give a shit about the scheme. And it's like, okay, great. Noted. And that's valid. But if you are to actually become a DC, those are things that you do start to care about. And you know, I think that's something that they would obviously vet out in the interview process immediately. And that's with a lot of these guys, you know, is what do they envision at the next level? And I think that's kind of an important, important piece of this that I've seen from a couple people as well is don't focus on the scheme. Don't focus on, are they going to run a three, four or a four, three, like find the person that you think can capitalize on the talent that you have and go with it. You know, like, I don't think they need, it's like a square peg round hole thing. We don't need to try and fit this team into any specific scheme or coaching tree or how you want to utilize them. Like just find someone who's going to let them be what, be who they are and be doing what they're good at. And I think that's kind of what makes this so enticing too, is I don't think Matt LaFleur is coming out and saying, you know, this has to be a certain way. And I think that's also why this is desirable, right? You're not going somewhere that has an, an, I mean, Matt LaFleur is an established head coach, but you're not going somewhere that has a really aggressive personality. There's not like a president to contest with. Like you're going somewhere where it's an owner. You're going somewhere where there's a very mutual interest in having the best football team possible. And I think Matt LaFleur is going to be very receptive to a lot of what this DC will bring. So it's, it's, really fun to think about some of these people that he could be bringing in. Yeah. I think the other thing that I'm, I would hope would happen in this next iteration is more communication and cross collaboration between the GM and the scouting and the talent acquisition and the DC. Um, The, the disconnect between what Barry was running and what, at least to the eye test, what the talent, at least what we felt that players were excelling at, like didn't always match. 
right? And it, and you, I think this ties in nicely with what you just said, which is like, where was that disconnect? Was it a lack of communication? Was it Matt wanted to run that scheme and that was fine? And so Goop brought in, like, let's just bring in the high RAS players, the super athletic, like, freaks, and we'll just, like, find a way to fit it. And, like, we don't care about the scheme. But I think there needs to be a little bit more of, like, planning across that entire spectrum from Goot to Matt to this new DC and really make sure that that's all fitting and then being applied appropriately on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And another name to keep, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't know if we're even going to have a, a tab on who this person could be. It could come very out of left field, but Chris Harris was another name who seems to be generating a ton of buzz on Twitter. Seems like a name yeah. that a lot of people like he interviewed for the DC job as well in 2021 worked under Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. He's the defensive passing game coordinator and their cornerbacks coach spent three seasons in Washington as well with their DBs and then played eight years in the NFL as well. Um, so he's an option. Anthony Weaver, everybody's really into the Ravens coaching staff right now. And it's hard to, you know, hard to argue with the results that we're seeing. So Anthony Weaver is the Ravens associate head coach and their defensive line coach also was their run game coordinator a couple years ago. He was the defensive line coach with the Texans worked for John Harbaugh, obviously Doug Maroney, Bill O'Brien, Mike Pettin, Rex Ryan um, contributed to a Ravens defense. That was like, one of the best in the league against the run on third down and fourth down defense. And he's also gotten to work with like some all pros like JJ Watt worked with Javian Clowney works with uh, Justin Matabike, who's having the best season of his career. So these Ravens, these Ravens defensive coaches are hot commodities. <laughs> I'm sure. Especially see, well, let's see how far they go. They're going to be even hotter depending um, but this rape, I mean, this Ravens defense is superb. They are so awesome. Yeah. Chris yeah. Hewitt, I know, is another another enticing option from the Ravens. He's their uh, passing game coordinator and secondary coach, l- has led their secondary since 2015. So between the two of them, yeah, I think that kind of puts a puts a pin in some of this, too, is that there's a lot of candidates that potentially are options that wouldn't even be able to be interviewed. And, you know, that's it makes sense why Matt felt the pressure to make the decision that he made now, because some of these jobs are probably going to be filled by the time some of these position coaches become available. So if you're talking about trying to get like a, a foot in the door with some of these guys, there might be some waiting involved. Yep. It is a really interesting dance the coaching hiring process because some teams like the Falcons or the Panthers or teams that have been out of the running for weeks now have been getting their interviews in. Right. Mm -hmm. And they get to get a jump on. Whereas some teams, you know, they're like, or they're sending their contingency, you know, up to Detroit because Detroit's trying to plan for an NFC championship game. And they're trying to interview their OC and their DC, but they're not going to travel. So they have to go to them. It's just, it's a very, it's very weird. I'm curious if the league would ever change the way this hiring process happens to make it more equitable. Um, Because right now, you know, if you don't make the playoffs, you get a jump on hiring. Whereas if you go further and we've seen this happen Mm -hmm. to the Packers where they make it far, they make it to divisional round championship round. And then by the time they're out, 
potentially a candidate they would have wanted has already been hired by their team, uh, by a different team rather. So they made this firing faster than I expected them to, um, Mm -hmm. naturally because they obviously saw an opportunity to get a jump on talking to whomever it is they want to talk to. Yeah. Another name that I've seen a lot on social media, I'm sure you have as well as Aubrey Pleasant. He seems like one of those names that Packers fans have really latched onto. He's the defensive backs and passing game coordinator with the Rams right now. He worked with the Lions from 2022 to 2020, 2021 to 2022, um, was let go, joined the Packers actually last season, if people remember, um, as an offensive consultant. And he was just cornerbacks coach when Matt LaFleur was in L.A. that one year. So some timing overlaps there. And I think that's really interesting, too, is Matt LaFleur. I can't remember who mentioned it, but Matt LaFleur has a tendency to kind of use coaches in a different role. So like you take someone like Aubrey Pleasant, who obviously is very defensive focused, and you make them an offensive consultant because it gives you a different perspective seeing the opposite side of the ball and I don't remember who floated the idea around that, like maybe Joe Barry would stay and be like an offensive mind for the Packers. Like, I think those things are really interesting. And uh, yeah, the Packers just, there's a lot of really fun options. My personal option that I threw out there to Andy Herman that I haven't seen listed at all. And it probably means nothing, but uh, Chris Kiffin, he interviewed for the job in 2021 and he's the inside linebackers coach right now in uh, for the Texans, who pretty pretty doing some good stuff down there over in uh, Houston. Yep. He was the Browns defensive line coach a couple seasons ago, and he worked with Miles Garrett. Then he was a pass rush specialist for the 49ers before that, um, working with D'Amico Ryans, worked with uh, Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner. So just a, a pretty nice resume working with some really notable, uh, notable DCs who, of course, now working for D'Amico Ryans as the Texans head coach. But yeah, some of these guys, I'm not sure you'd want to like you'd even be able to poach them away from their current roles because of, you know, like I think it was. Let's see. Yeah. Matt Burke is the current D.C. of the Houston Texans, and he was in the last interview cycle. So I know he isn't eligible to move laterally. You'd have to offer him some type of promotion to even interview him. But some of these candidates are coming from like also really good spots. And I'd I'd be interested if they would even want to move, you know, like to to leave the team where they have a really established and like good culture. You never know. There's always incent- different incentives, pros and cons, but we will keep an eye on all of these names. There are a lot of them. I'm sure the news of interviews will start trickling in and we'll start to whittle this list down a little bit more to who the Packers have actually spoken to, but that's an interesting one considering he's an inside linebackers coach Mm -hmm. um, given previously. Uh, (laughs) But I like that. I mean, who he's worked with in the past and uh, it's a very successful group of players there. Yeah. And it's funny because this doesn't even touch on, right? Like Bill Belichick, Wink Martindale, Mike Vrabel, Brandon Staley. Like there's a lot of, huge names oh no i i agree with you on some of those but there's a lot of really big names that we haven't even touched on because it just doesn't feel to me like the packers are gonna go that route i agree with you i think there are also a lot of names that are very fun and very buzzy that and i i would you just threw out a bunch i think there are some in that list that are going to end up being head coaches Mm -hmm. there are some that are meant to be coordinators and they're going to stay coordinators 
There are some that are probably going to take a one-year coordinator job and then want to be a head coach again after this one season. So the Packers are going to have to think about all these things because if they want to keep this band together, they have like a three-ish year window with this core. Do you want a DC who's going to want to be a head coach after one season, right? Those are things that they're going to have to have to ask themselves um, and plan for. So lot to think about. So as we wait for this, I guess obviously in other news, the Packers also parted ways with Chris Gizzi, who was their strength and conditioning coach, coordinator, whatever you want to call it. Um, no other moves yet with um, that side of the the house, I guess. But Gizzi no longer with the team. Matt LaFleur's, um, I guess, one move so far in that regard. And then the Packers signed a kicker. So there will be a kicker competition <laughs> in training camp. Um, yes. But that is a ways away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We They have all offseason to figure that one out. But it seems like they're getting a jump on figuring it out. So, again, very unlike the past where they are making moves early and <laughs> not too late. All right. So before we wrap this one, do you have – a championship preview prediction. What what is what is your gut telling you about who's going to walk into Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, I have who I want to watch in the well, Super Bowl. Well, I feel Bowl. like that's probably very different than what might actually happen. So <laughs> I would like, and uh, Packers fans, you can come at me. I don't really care. Um, I will never root for the 49ers. It will not happen. Um, so I'm going Lions all the way. And um, I think the better team of the two is the Ravens. The Ravens should and will likely win this game, but, you know, never count out Mahomes. So who knows? But the Chiefs are not – I don't even know with the Chiefs. Somehow they turn <laughs> it on. They have no weapons, and somehow they play well. So I, I would like to see – it be Ravens lions. I feel like it will be Ravens 49ers, but I will never root for the 49ers. I genuinely. Yeah. I, my brain says that it's going to be the chiefs and the 49ers just because it feels like some weird thing that would happen. Playoff chiefs are just bananas. Like they're a completely different beast from regular season chiefs and they know how to turn it on. So being it, you know, in Baltimore, I think will be a little bit more of a challenge. But yeah, ideally it would be Ravens Lions because that's something new, and we've seen both 49er matchups already in the Super Bowl. Not exactly that I'm rooting for the Lions to win. I would still root for the Ravens at that point, but it would at least be yeah. something new to see in a Super Bowl. But we'll see what happens. We will be back yeah. next week. Obviously, if any news drops in the meantime, we'll probably hop on and talk about it. But I wouldn't expect this process to move quickly because. I don't know. We're hoping, I guess, that some of these interview candidates are still playing. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll see what the Packers decide to do on that front. But thank you for joining us this week. Obviously, a little bit of a different show than we had anticipated. We'll be back next week to talk about overall impressions from the 2023 roster and a little bit of a look ahead. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you so much to everyone who has followed the show on YouTube. We appreciate it. Keep liking and subscribing if you have not already. And if you're listening to the audio format, we appreciate that as well. Those downloads and likes and subscriptions mean a ton. So thank you as always. Enjoy football someday. There aren't too many games left. So cherish these and uh, we'll see you next week. Go Pack Go! 
Go Pack Go!